In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. And I am very excited to welcome Megan Pyra on the podcast today. Megan is a self-proclaimed yes girl. Born and raised in Idaho, she landed in Utah a few years ago via North Carolina. A friend once framed Megan as the earth is her playground. She loves to intentionally choose to push the edges of her comfort zone and wears her heart on her sleeve. Megan loves the power of social media to connect us, empower others, and show possibility. Megan is a serial entrepreneur who loves to try all sorts of business strategies. She's a stay proud stay-at-home mom that has built businesses to over a million in sales with her family. Her current motto is, when you get to where you're going, turn around and help the next person in line. I love that. Megan, welcome to Doing Good. I am so excited to be here. I'm grinning from ear to ear. Yay! I hope you guys can hear that. It is so great to have you on the podcast. We were chatting just a little bit before I pushed record, and I just cannot believe all the amazing things you are doing. And it's going to be really hard to keep this to one podcast episode because I already have so many questions I want to ask you about your amazing life. So let's start with, tell me about Megan, growing up, you grew up in Idaho. Were you always like going around the neighborhood, passing out flyers to like, you know, (laughs) clean their window wells or sell things? Like, have you always been a business girl, even when you were little? I don't know if I've always been a business girl, but I think as kids, it's so easy to dream. It's so easy to dream of what do we want to be? And I loved to try all of the things. I loved to try music and sports and dance and whatever the next thing was. And I feel like as kids, we just have no fear. It's like, yeah, well, why not? I can yep. just try it. And then there's somewhere along the line, we... We allow that fear to come in and like, oh, I'm too old to try that now or that's for other people. And I have just loved to keep pushing that boundary of my comfort zone and just being like, okay, fear, I see you. But I, I'm here to experience all of the things and I'm choosing to experience all of the things. And so that's kind of how I live my day. I love that because it it is, it's true. And usually it's, you try something you're like, oh, I sucked at that. I was not good at that. And so then you think, well, then maybe I won't be good at other things too. And then the tendency is to be like, well, then I'll just stay where I'm safe, where I know I'm good at, or I know I can do these things. What was it about how you were raised or I don't know, what is it about you that you kind of leave that behind and just say, no, I'm going to go for it. Even if I suck, even if it's bad, I don't care. I want to try it and experience it all. Yeah. Well, I think you kind of nailed it right there is that I've accepted that I'm going to suck the first time I try it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, brain, we're not going to be good at this. Like the first time I shoot a basket, I am not expecting to get it swooshed in from the three-point line. You know? When I started walking and learning to talk, I did not do it well. I fell down (laughs) and guess what everybody did? They clapped for me, right? Like, oh, good, you tried. So I really try to adopt that mentality of like, 
okay, we're, we're not going to be good at this the first time, but I'm going to get better. Because I remember learning to drive stick. Oh, I was terrible. I yes. still am kind of terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but we, where we stop ourselves and where we, you know, limit our own capabilities with our own talents where the adversary can kind of step in and be like, oh, but see, you weren't good at that. Yeah. So let's not. And I have noticed through my life, I mean, there has been some hard things. Everybody has hard things. And hard is different for each person, right? And we never discount anybody's hard. But I was like, okay, this is a moment where I get to choose. And I have the funnest relationship with God. (laughs) He has the best sense of humor and he, we laugh together all the time. And there was a lot of things in my life that happened and I leaned into him and he was like, you know, if you would say yes to just one more thing, then I can work with that. You know, if you are saying yes and moving, it's kind of like a car analogy, like a parked car in a garage isn't going anywhere. But if you're willing to turn on the key and maybe put it in reverse and back out of that garage, like I can work with that. And so that's why in my bio, I said, I'm a self-proclaimed yes girl. Because I found the more times I have said, yes, okay, I'll do that. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And it scares the bejeebies out of me. And oh my gosh, I might be really bad at it. But I'm going to say yes. And then we're going to take it one step at a time. And it has been so fun, the things that he has brought into my life and aligned that I'm kind of addicted to being a yes girl. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. And I will be honest, Megan, I feel like, man, I, I don't think I try. I mean, I try things within what I know I can do. So like music, sure, I'll try writing, I'll sing, I'll, I'll play the guitar, I'll do the piano, I'll do arranging and producing and anything to do with my umbrella of what I already know. I'll try stuff like that. But as far as if someone's like, do you want to go play ultimate Frisbee or something? I'd be like, I don't do that. You know, I, no way. I don't do that. And, and not that I wouldn't try, but it's like, yeah, but I don't know that I want to start something new. So what, what's something that you were like, I'm just going to try this and see what happens that you ended up becoming addicted to and loving? Or do you feel like I have a million things that I do and I love and I don't want to settle on one thing? I think I don't want to settle on one thing. Honestly, so I really became addicted when I tried the thing and then I saw what it brought next, which is not something I expected. It was a surprise because I took one step then there were other things lining up. If I'd never taken that step, I don't know if those things would have come. I don't know if I would have met that person or that opportunity would have come my way or that some sort of connection might have been made, right? You can kind of look at it in a bunch of different ways. And so then I was like, oh, when I say yes, that kind of opens up the next door and the next door and the next door. And I didn't even know that there was a next door. Yeah. So it's, it's like being addicted to the surprise of what's coming next. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally see that. So tell me about something that you said yes to that opened that next door for you that you weren't expecting. 
So some things with motherhood that I can relate this to is one day, one of my kids was like, mom, I want to do a lemonade stand. And I internally groaned. <laughs> That's all mothers do. Because that means that we do the lemonade stand. We're making exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I was like, oh, all right. This is not what I wanted to do with my day. I love you completely. You know, it's just, it's you doing it. And then it takes the entire day. And so what I found coming out of my mouth that I did not think about was, how about we start a family business? And I was like, wait, what? what? Can we like rewind, delete? <laughs> and they were like, okay. And so that led into us starting our first family business and teaching my kids about business. And just like you, your umbrella is music. And so you teach inside of that. And yeah. the experiences and the reality that you give your kids around music, my kids don't even have, right? Yeah. My kids don't even have. Their reality is, doesn't everybody run a business outside of yeah. Out of their house, you know, like, doesn't everybody, doesn't everybody know about this or that? And it, it was just like making some of those choices. And another one with motherhood, we, um, when I got married, we had our first daughter and then we went on to have our second daughter and everything was a complete different type of experience. <laughs> we found out at five months that she was not viable for life. Um, she was not viable. They said, you have three options. She will either pass away any day now and you'll have to deliver her because you're five months along. She will not make it through labor because too, too much stress on her body yeah. or she will be born and live a few moments. And we were like, what? So again, in that moment, I'm like, okay, life is presenting me with another choice, with another hard, and I get to choose how I'm going to be a yes girl in this moment, right? Oh my goodness. What is it that you want from me in this experience? And, and what can I do with it? And it was a long, very last four months because they said, you have to make sure she moves every day. She doesn't move. She's passed away and you need to come in. And I waited every day for four months until I hit my full term mark and then went into labor. I'm a little emotional. <laughs> of course you are. And so, of course, the whole labor process was different. There was no monitors. There was no beeping. There was no listening for the heartbeat for it to flatline. Yeah, you know, yeah, very quiet, very, very special experience. And she was born, and then a few things happened. But what ended up happening was we were blessed to have two weeks with her in our home with a home nurse, and that was something that that was a door that nobody said was going to be on the other side, right? Yeah. Like I had talked about before, they said, Here's your three options, and of course, they also said, You know you could terminate now and we could just get this over with. And so I also, so I waited those four months and I said, you know, <laughs> I'll be a yes girl for another day. Oh if she God. needs to live for another day, even though I was like, there's, there's no doors, there's no doors. 
Like yeah. she's not going to live. Right. But to have 14 days at home with her, our daughter got to be a big sister for 14 days. We got to take so many pictures and videos for 14 days. We got to care for that little person for 14 days, which if I hadn't said yes to one more day, we never would have gotten those 14 days. Right. And because of that experience and a few others, I was like, I would do this for somebody else so that they could get their kids here. Like that was one of, that was another experience in my life to be like, I would be a surrogate for somebody else. Right. Wow. That is not an easy choice. That is a huge decision to make. And, and how selfless of you, Megan, to, to go through that and then say, well, and because of this, I want it, your, your thoughts were immediately to serving someone else. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, everyone that has had become a mother, yeah, you know, like it's, your heart changes instantly. You're like, totally. I didn't know I could love this much. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and I had been blessed to have had a daughter before and been blessed with the experience of knowing what it feels like to lose one. And I was like, yes. oh, all of the moms that have gone through this that maybe don't have any other children or can't do it again. Yep. How can I be a yes girl? And say, oh, I will help you in this way. And that was that was one of the many seeds that had come along in my motherhood journey of just sharing that. And it wasn't something that I pursued right away. It wasn't something that I pursued right, right away. But I said, I'm open to it. I don't know when that door is going to open for it. And maybe it never will. But just being willing, sometimes that's all that's asked of us. Yeah. Yes. And, and having the faith that the decision that you're making is, is the right one and it's going to work out because you could make the decision to be a surrogate mother and not find anyone for years and be like, I was prompted to do this. Why isn't this working out? How long was it before you actually were able to become a surrogate? For it was about 15 years. Can you believe that? There were so many days that I said, I don't know if, if, was that really a thought? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Was that really something? Maybe I just needed to be willing. But through the years, there were people that the thought came, just mention it. And oh, interesting. They have the option on their end to say, that's not something we're really interested in. Sure. You know, and you're like, okay, well, I followed that. Yes, thought through and, and it came to an end. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I didn't attach any to feelings of, oh my gosh, I'm, why did I say that? Right. Which we do. I was just like, oh, that's what it was. Yes. I followed it and that's what it was. So another part of that journey was we, we've always wanted to adopt both sides of my family and my husband's family both have adoption threads and stories and people. And we just thought, you know, we would love to adopt. So we had gone down the foster care route with the intention of adoption. It was very straight. 
very stubborn, I will say. (laughs) We only want to get certified to be foster parents for the intent of adopting. Yes. And as we took the classes and became certified, God was like, well, could you be just a yes girl for some, just to help some kids instead of just for adoption? Could, could you do that? And I was like, okay, I can do that. (laughs) And so what ended up happening was we had four amazing kids come through our house within a couple of years and taught us so many things. Wow. Taught us so many things that I had no idea what was going to come from saying yes to that. Yeah. Yeah. These other doors and opportunities that would open through social media, which is something that I just love. I love all of the good that it can do. I was able to share the shareable parts of our foster care journey in helping people understand really what it was, what it looked like, dispelling some myths, giving some clarity. And we had so many people reach out to say, oh, I didn't realize X, Y, Z. How do you get signed up? What does that look like for your family? Thank you for clarifying this. And we had other people get signed up and go through their own journey of being able to help other kids. Yeah. Which is just so fun. And again, I had no idea where all of this would lead. But then the surrogacy thing came back around. And like I mentioned before, it was just so easy for my kids to be like, oh, it's just what our family does. We bring in kids and we give them back to their families. So being a surrogate for another family, it was all of them. It was just my body to be able to help them become parents. And so it was like, oh, it's just what we do. We help take care of kids for a little bit and then we give them back to their family. And I was like, oh, I get it, God. Yeah, (laughs) You needed to help prepare my kids and our family. So it was easy. Yes. And that, and that makes total sense that he would prepare you through that incredible fostering experience because it, it would be incredibly hard to give away a baby, but, but when it's not yours, like when it, okay. it's him and her and you're just the womb, yeah, it's almost easier to be like, well, but I didn't make, I didn't create it. It's I'm housing it. I, I've housed other children yeah. in my home. This is their home and then they'll go home. And so this is their home for a while, temporary, and then they'll go with their families. That makes perfect sense how Heavenly Father would set it up like that. Was it, was it as easy or as difficult as you thought it would be to be a surrogate mother and give birth to a baby and watch it be adopted by someone else versus fostering? Right. That is one of the biggest questions I get. And I always default to our foster care like training and experience because it really mentally prepped us and gave us tools for that. The family that I was a surrogate for had difficulties with being pregnant. And so they had gone through a lot of losing babies. And I was like, oh, I know that feeling. (laughs) 
Yes. And so this was just their way to become parents. And I like when I was little, I, you know, we have all the dreams for all the things, but when it was ever, what do you want to be? I was always like, I want to be a, I want to be a mom. <laughs> like that was my big dream and goal is, man, I wanted to be a mom. And that's why in my bio, I said, I'm a proud stay at home mom. I love, love it. it. I, I love do. It. I, I just, I love it. And I look for ways to thrive within it right? Sure. Instead of allowing it to kind of take over, but connecting with the family on their story and how they wanted to be parents. It's a whole process of <laughs> working with counselors to make sure everyone is in the right mindset, but it really was easy for me to just help create the, grow the body and then hand their baby back to them. Hand them their baby. And you know what an amazing experience it was to be like, I don't know what this kid's going to look like. It's not going to look like me and it's not going to look like my husband. Yeah. And who do I get to meet? Yes. That's the end of this road. And I was having a conversation with Heavenly Father one night and I said, you know, I was so guided to this for years and years and really when the whole journey came about, it was so many doors just, you know, like all the stars aligning or whatever phrase. And I was like, whoa, wow. And I thought, God, why do you have to tell me so far in advance? The one thing I'm not good at is waiting. I'm a yes girl. I am ready to jump. And he just laughed at me. (laughs) And I said, why this person and why now? And he gave me the most beautiful answer. And he said, you don't know who this person is going to be. And I thought, that is with everybody. It's so true. Yes. Our neighbor, our kids, the person we go to school with, the person we work with, we have no idea who they are going to be and who they're going to impact. And I said, okay. So when this sweet little person was born, oh my gosh, hair, Like, I was like, wow, look who you are. (laughs) You know, like, doesn't look like me or my husband at all. Looks totally like their parents. Yes. And just to hand them their kid and get to go home and sleep and do all of the things. And they got to do all of the newborn for the first time. was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. I cannot even imagine, Megan, was she... When the baby came out, did she hold it for the first time or did they give it to you to give to her? How, how I'm interested in that moment of birth. What happened? Yes, right to the mama. Oh. Right to the mama. You know, like I saw a face, but then, like, what do you want to do as the mom? You just want to, oh. like, yes, you know, embrace and just right to the mom and the dad. And, and it was, it was so cool. I cannot cannot even imagine like how and how selfless of, I mean, they just must feel like we owe you everything. I mean, I just can't even imagine being able to say you gave us a child. I mean, what, you know, what greater gift can you have than that? Yeah. I mean, Heavenly Father sends us children that we take care of for him. And so I just thought for me, I'll just help get one to you. 
I'll I'll get one to you that I don't know if there was some agreement between us in heaven. I don't know if we knew each other. (laughs) I think I like to think so. I know that there have been lots of conference talks where and people will be like, you need to name this source. And so I'm going to have to find it about knowing at least a little bit about what our mortal experience would be like, our personal mortal experience that we kind of I don't know that we knew every detail, but I think they kind of went over an outline of our lives. Like this is something you're going to do, or at least Megan, you are going to care for children that are outside of your family. You are going to be a home and a haven of refuge for those that are seeking that you in some way. And then accepting like, okay, yeah, I could do that. I could be your guest girl. Yes. (laughs) I I think you, I, I, I think it was also probably a good sales pitch. Coming from a business background. <laughs> For sure. I, I don't know that we knew all the hard, but I don't think yeah. we needed to know. Yes. I don't think we needed to know. We had already said yes. We had yes. already said, yeah, okay, this is what I want to do. And they were like, okay. Okay. And then the other will come, right? Will and, come. and we will get to choose how we react to that because I have never been one that has worn losing a child as like a badge or a burden, right? For me, it has been so much joy. I have taken joy in my other kids that have been born since that with, you know, out complications and different things and really said, oh, wow, we had no idea that on day 14, that was going to be the last day right? With our previous daughter. Every day, we were so blessed to have that other day. And I think that's part of what plays into, man, what can I experience here for me on earth today? Because I don't know if I'm getting tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. And none of us do. None of us do. But we all live like we've got, you know, another 40, 60, 50 years in us, right? We all live like we got it. Yeah. I know. Sometimes when I think about that, I get, I get so scared when I think about the unknowns of how long do I have and how long do my babies have and how long does my husband have? And it makes me scared because nothing, there is nothing that's, we can have faith and hope and, and, and feel good about things. And I know Heavenly Father doesn't want us to live in fear, but I do sometimes, I think, how can I make the most of every day knowing yeah. that some sometime this day is going to be my last. And then I curl up in a ball and don't do anything. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So how how do you make those decisions, Megan? How do you consciously make the choice to say, I'm not going to live in fear of when the end is. I'm just going to live each day so happily and just with my all and trying new things and doing incredible things. Instead of saying, why even try because the end is coming? How do you right. have that different perspective? Well, one, I'm not perfect at it. So let's start there. <laughs> I do have my days where it is not everything is gung-ho. So, which is good because that means oh. I'm human. Yes. That means course. I'm normal. Yes. Right? We're not robots. Yes. 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 That means I've got my highs and my lows. But one thing I would love to point out is when you were talking, all of your worry was coming from so much love. 
because you love your husband and you're like, oh man, I hope I've got another 40 years with him, right? Yep. You know, yes. hope I've got another 40 years of days. And you're like, oh, I love my kids, you know, and we don't want that love to stop, right? We want that love to keep going because what happens over all of the days is it deepens. Yes. It deepens. And I think as I root into who I am, it's, it's going deeper. And so I love those experiences that make me feel that love deeper. And that love's connected to me knowing who I am and where, you know, I came from and that I'm not here alone and that I get to go back. And so I'm like thinking, well, I can binge Netflix today and maybe I will for a few episodes, but then what can I do that makes me feel more alive than that? What can I do that makes me feel more alive? What can I do that helps me feel the impact that I want to feel today? And that's just kind of where I do it. And sometimes impact is saying hi to my neighbor who's like, oh, hi. Or the grocery store. I love to play this game at the grocery store. <laughs> I love to smile at people and make eye contact because they're so surprised. They're it's so surprised. True. <laughs> they're so surprised that you notice them that you smiled, that yep. you say hi. I'm six foot tall. So I get asked often by older people or shorter people, whatever, at the grocery store. And they're like, could you reach that? Oh, because I made eye contact and I smiled with them as I'm coming down the aisle, then they feel like they can ask. Right? So it's, what can I do to... One, make my day better by making somebody else's day better. And I just love to do that. And you know what? Sometimes I don't know in the day how it's happened. And yes, I am grumpy. And yes, my kids would probably hear this and be like, well, you could make my day better. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But it's all just about choice. Yes. Which circles back to the beginning of our conversation, right? Tiny, tiny, little 1% choices. I'm just going to smile at everybody I see today. And then that compounds on the next one and the next one. And it's just 1% a day. It's just yeah. one thing a day. Which so. are huge things. That's actually our theme for this school year is 1% better. And we watched this amazing video of the British cycling team where they had not won a tour de France in decades and they they got a new coach and he did everything from changing the pillows that they slept on to painting the inside of their van white so they could see if there was dust in their van so they wouldn't get sick or have it affect their breathing. They hired a nutritionist to like just dial in their nutrition a tiny bit. They took any extra weight off their bikes that they could like different spokes and different tires and whatever. But, and then they, they would, they had a health, I think this is the funniest. They had like a health professional come in and teach them how to wash their hands. And so they would get sick 1% less because they would, you know, wipe their nose or their eyes when they were cycling. And the results, it really is amazing. And you can watch it. And there was an amazing conference talk 1% better that this is based off of, but this is a true story. And they ended up winning and they have since had like a British cycler, in the Tour de France, like the top three, top five, every year since. I mean, it's it went from never winning to 
now having a top five, like it's expected to have a British cyclist in the top five for Tour de France. So it it was the most incredible thing. And I, I love that you brought that up because it's true that small 1%, like little tiny things, if you're trying to be better, really can. And and on the flip side, they said, if you do 1% worse, what does your look like versus 1% better? And the 1% better compounds over time. So it kind of, you know, looks like a graph, yeah. goes flat, goes up, 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 and then skyrockets. The 1% worse just is like the steady decline. You don't really notice it. And then it's, but the 1% better, it actually increases more than the 1% worse decreases. So you'll, you'll get even better if you just try a tiny, it's like amazing how it works. It's like you get even yeah. better if you try. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because this is something I've been trying to instill in my boys is just five minutes longer studying for math. Do your times tables for just three more times tables and just 1% that you can, do. it is doable because sometimes you think I want to lose 10 pounds and you're like, I can't, I can't. I can't do that. What if I ran five extra minutes? What if I lifted one more set of weights? What if I did just teeny tiny things could make a big difference. I still have yet to try that out, by the way, as far as losing the 10 pounds. I'm going to try though <laughs> with this theory, but I love it. And I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. I think we're all creating our 1% story, whether we know it or not. And that's the really fun thing. So our school year motto is great doesn't just happen. You create it. I love it. You work for it and you practice it. I love it. And which was very similar to the 1% in the thinking, right? And if we actually look back, if you look back on your last year, are your kids, you know, 1% better or a lot better at math, right? Yeah. Sometimes we need to look back to see how far we've come. Yeah. Because all we're doing is measuring everything forward. Yep. Right. We're just like, but I'm not at that losing the 10 pounds yet, you know? Yeah. But I have been taking these steps or, you know, whatever it is. I've lost a half a pound. And so every week, you know what I mean? It does. It builds up over time and you can look back and be like, wow, look what I've done. Yeah. And that's amazing. I love that so much. Megan, where can people go if they're like, I want to learn more about you and your life and your journey. And and you have some, speaking of motherhood and being a yes girl, besides being a surrogate and a foster mom, you have some other exciting things coming up in your life with your family. Tell us about that. Oh, made me emotional, right? When you said that. We are in the process of adopting from Africa. A very, very wild, very long process. And it was something that came little by little. And I still am like, oh man, is this actually going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, we are adopting either one or two little girls from Africa. And some of that story has been shared online before as well. And the fact that I get emotional every time somebody brings it up tells me that I'm supposed to keep going down that road because there are days when I definitely doubt it. And I've asked Heavenly Father, really? Why does someone across the world to a country I have never been to need to come to our family? And he said, 
because you're willing. Oh. Because you said yes. And that person needs a home. And I said, okay. Okay. So, yes, some of my information can be found on meganpyra.com. You can jump into some of my motherhood and business journey on Instagram at Hey Miss Megan. And I do love TikTok. I'm there on Hey Miss Meg. So, Megan, I am so glad that you took the time to talk with me today. And I, I'm so excited for you and for your incredible journey and to follow along with your wonderful, amazing family. And I, I'm just, there needs to be more yes girls. There needs to be, everyone needs a yes girl in their life as a friend and, and, and as a cheerleader to for other people too. Like, yes, you can do that. I'm sure that you are such an incredible support for those around you instead of just being a yes girl for yourself. It seems like you are a yes girl for everyone around you that you love. And what a blessing in those people's lives to have just a yes girl cheering them on. And what a person for Heavenly Father to trust with huge, incredible, amazing things like his children saying, okay, who's going to take these children? I've got a yes girl. (laughs) I've got a yes girl. So I think that's just amazing. You have touched my heart so much today. Please keep everyone updated on your website and social media of when things happen. And you need to read this book called Live in Love by Lara Atkins or Lauren Atkins. She goes through the same incredible wild adoption, pro- not the same, but an adoption process similar. And it's all about trusting Heavenly Father and His timing and oh, I just kept thinking about that book when you were talking like this would be amazing for someone that's going through that. And I love that we can have this platform, like you said, of social media or podcasts that we can learn from each other. I think that that when we are open and when we share and when we're authentic, we just help each other. And so I love that you are so open and like, I'll talk about my journey and what I've done and, and, and how everything's gone for me because that's how we connect with each other and learn to love each other. So anyway, I can go on and on. It was just a pleasure talking with you, Megan. Thank you for all the good you are doing. Oh, so amazing to be here. Thank you for sharing or allowing me to share my story. And yeah, I'll be your yes girl. I'll be Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thanks, Megan. I am Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy truly all in one little app and you can use promo code doing good all one word at checkout and you get a full month free so check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com see you soon